In this episode of The Interface, I speak with Ross Young, Sales and Marketing Manager for MarTech Limited in the UK. Ross has been with MarTech since 2016 after working in an industry that couldn't be more different than custom hermetic connectors, the food industry. We talk about the transition he made when first starting at MarTech. We talk about the great storytelling process he uses when speaking to potential customers about the benefits of working with MarTech's custom design team. And we talk about his formative years after college in selling industrial floor cleaning equipment. And please check out LinkedIn for the photograph we talk about in this episode. This is The Interface. Okay, and do I need to do some sort of testing, testing, testing? You just did, so now we're ready. Yes. I feel like a pro. You are a pro, and we're here with Ross Young, the sales and marketing manager from, now I'm gonna say the name, I wanna make sure I say the name right, MarTech Solutions, is it MarTech Limited? What's the it's proper Martech, name? It's MarTech Limited, but Martech. we'd like to be a bit fancy with our email address, so you can find us at martech.solutions. I know, it's a, it's a very unique uh, website address, um, but I, I like it. No one really has one like that before, where it's just dot solutions. It's not dot com or dot co dot uk. It's just it's, dot solutions. It's a good icebreaker when you're trying to explain to customers. Go to our website, all the information's there, and they say, Where is it? And you say martech.solutions, and they're like, And? And like, <laughs> no, it's just martech.solutions. Yep. Now you now we have you thinking. Yep. Yeah. That's good. So you've been with Martech for about four years now. Yes. You came to MarTech, if I'm not mistaken, from a vastly different industry, though. That is correct. You've done your research. Absolutely. I, I have. So, um, yeah, I, um, I'm not from Connector World. I'm, I'm not an engineer. Um, I'm very much a sales and marketing guy. That's what I've done all my career. And uh, I was working for a big corporate in, uh, in the food industry. Yeah. Uh, multi-billion dollar uh, business, uh, had worked my way for a number of years through through that company and for a number of reasons was was looking for a change. And I saw the opportunity at MarTech, which was local to me. Had, there was a number of interesting things about it. So um, rocked up for, for the first interview mm -hmm. and I thought, wow, this is a really interesting little company. I, you know, I had no idea about this area of connectors, let alone this very specialist area of, of hermetic connectors. And you could tell instantly from talking to the team there that it's a great little business with great capability and a really interesting bit of the marketplace. And um, ultimately, I uh, I ended up joining them, and uh, it's been an absolute brilliant whirlwind, crazy ride ever since. How nervous were you to get into something that was so radically different than you were used to before, especially not even being technical? Because knowing the little bit I know about your business and and actually having been there a few years ago and, and seeing the technology that goes into you know, very specialized, custom, bespoke, hermetic connectors, and you're coming from the food industry, which has zero connection, pun intended, to yeah. you know hermetic, <laughs> specialized connectors, were you yeah. like, how in the heck am I gonna try to you know, market and sell these products and these technologies? Uh, it's crazy, and I highly recommend that no one else does it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, uh, listen. Something I've purposely done in my career is um, I, I've I've 
done good stints at a number of different companies, big and small, in a number of different industries. And uh, and that's something I've wanted to do to give myself a real broad exposure to, to a lot of different stuff, which I think has ultimately stood me in good stead. So wherever I've gone, I've always backed myself to learn about the product, learn about the marketplace, learn about the customers. I studied marketing at college um, and then spent a lot of my, my career in sales. So from doing that, you learn the techniques and the questions and the things you need to be curious about in terms of understanding an industry, understanding a company. So I backed myself to learn it. Um, I probably didn't appreciate how much of a stretch it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it is, it is a very technical area, hermetic connectors. But what I was really fortunate with was there were some fantastic people at MarTech. Yeah. Um, guys on the engineering side, on the operations side, um, in the sales team who really spent a lot of time helping me out and developing my literacy in this area. You know, they, they gave me a few key, key points of, you're going to need to talk about this, you're going to need to talk about this. The way you talk about it is this, and here's some of the language you want to use. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then as a salesperson and a marketing person, you've just got to get yourself in front of the customer. And the more, right. the more you speak to the customers, the more you see what the questions are, you go back to base, you say, I keep getting asked about this. They, um, they, they, they keep asking me about um, leak rates of one times 10 to the minus nine or, or, or minus 10 because they've got this high vacuum application. You know, what, what do I really need to talk about when they're asking me about that? And, and, and the, the people at Martech were fantastic. So that has helped massively. How long was it before you actually felt like, I'm pretty comfortable in front of customers now. Was it six months? Was it a year? How long was it before yeah. you thought, well, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident when I walk in now? So the what's been absolutely key to me is the boss of MarTech at the time, he gave me a box of samples. And there was probably about 20 different parts in, in this box. And, and the key thing about MarTech is most of what we've done up to this point in, in its 30-odd years is custom designed solutions. Mm-hmm. So a customer rocks up to us, says, I need something that's leak tight, but I need it to be rated to 60,000 PSI and 200 degrees Celsius and be really small and this, that, and the other. And we design a solution for them. So each of the parts in this box was really quite different. Mm. And the boss basically said, right, here's the story about this one. Here's the background and here's why it's interesting. And here's the story on this one and here's the background and here's why it's interesting. And I just memorized the story about each of those 20 samples. And I would turn up to a customer, I'd immediately get the sample box out. I'd have a feel for what the customer was interested in. And as soon as I'd run through my little pre-prepared story on three of them, the conversation just flowed. You get into the whole swing of the conversation and you feel confident. And yeah, of course, there was millions of times when, sorry, millions is a I'm in sales, so that's an over-exaggeration. Um, <laughs> there was plenty of times when uh, engineers would ask me questions, and I'd just you just got to hold your hands up and say, I don't know the answer to that. Right. I'll get you guys back at base to answer it, and I'll come back to you. Um, but yeah, six, six to 12 months, I was feeling pretty confident. So you're telling stories, and you're trying to tailor those stories, basically, of what you guys have already accomplished and designed and built to their specific needs that they're looking for to satisfy them. That's what you were doing. So pretend I'm a new customer then and tell me the story of of MarTech, MarTech Limited. Okay. So so, I feel I'm 
feel like I'm back like, in some recruitment process now. So, um, well, I mean, you probably haven't been in front of a customer since what early March. So, yeah. I'm, uh, you, you know, uh, Acme Corporation who has this new underwater application where we're going to do, I don't know, make something up. So you're you're so um, at Acme. I, I, I saw that story in the news about you guys are working on this project to um, to go down to that that really deep trench in the Pacific Ocean. That's with right. That submarine. Yes. That, that looks. You did your research. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, the, the that extreme environment um, that, that that you're designing that technology around that. Uh, that submarine for I, I believe it's a you're focusing on the camera system and how you how you deal with the interconnects on that that's a big part of it yes yeah absolutely so um obviously you're thinking about hermetic connectors so obviously with a hermetic uh, what we're trying to do is there's going to be something on one side of your connector that you do not want to get onto the other side of the connector and, and obviously in this case we've got seawater that's obviously going to be a big problem and we've got pressure differentials right down there as well so you yes. want to you want to keep that 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 pressure outside from from the pressure on the inside. And what we do at Martech is we make hermetic connectors, and we use glass to metal sealing technology to achieve that. So we uh, where with a with a normal connector, you you've obviously got your pins and your housing and some face seals and and, and other bits and bobs. With a with a glass to metal seal, we have the glass acting as an insulator around the pins within the the metal housing. And we just take those three components, uh, we assemble them together, we put them through a furnace, uh, we pump various gases in, which help the materials wet together. Mm -hmm. We take the furnace up over a thousand degrees C, and then within that chemical process, we get elements of the glass going into the metal and elements of the metal going into the glass. And out the other end of the furnace, we have this airtight connector, which is perfect for what you need for, for not letting anything get into that submarine. But also, it's going to make it incredibly strong. That that glass seal is incredibly durable, incredibly pressure resistant, and very very strong. So those video signals that you're looking to get back into the submarine from the stuff you're recording outside, our hermetic connector will absolutely allow, allow us to do that. So that you do that millions of times, as you as you said earlier. <laughs> I, I, I think it's actually trillions of times. I, I was downplaying it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, and knowing about your business. And you had you'd brought it up earlier too. The vast majority of what you guys do is custom. It's it's bespoke solutions. So you have you're really not dealing with catalog items. You're dealing with customers who have a, a certain system, a certain application where they need exactly the, the the scenario that you just went through there with an underwater submarine camera system, and they have that. in in their area, and they're not quite sure what to do. They know something off the shelf isn't going to work they come to you and this is this is your job this is what you do is you come up with a custom solution for them well if, if, if you think about this bit of the marketplace we're playing in so um obviously we're talking to all our colleagues in Apnol here and there's there's all these hundred of businesses specializing in different areas of connectors all in different marketplaces with with different demands obviously martech we sit within the the military and aerospace division uh, where you get these particularly harsh environments and, and some right. very specialist connectors well, hermetics is almost like the specialist, specialist, you know, bit of the specialist market. Right. And if you're an engineer who's dealing with this incredibly harsh environment, or maybe it's a, a sensor application where they need to take a really, really fine measurement and they've really got to isolate that thing they're measuring to get the most accurate uh, reading possible. 
you need to go to the lengths of having a hermetic connector. And a hermetic connector is something that's tricky to make. It's a, it's a challenging chemical process. So if you're going to those lengths as a customer, as, a, as an engineer designing a system, oftentimes you'll go, okay, well, I like my 38999 and my 26482, and that's what I'm used to. But if I'm going to the lengths of having a glass seal in there, maybe I'm just going to go all the way and customize it. Maybe I'm going to make it just as I need it to be, because listen, this is a pretty extreme application anyway. Mm-hmm. So that, that's why there's a good market for, for custom hermetics. You guys are in a very specific technology and a very specific process um, that is, you know, when it's needed, it's really needed and it needs to work and it needs to work perfectly. And I think that's what MarTech is all about. I think you've hit on a really, really, really key point there. If someone's going for a hermetic, it's because it needs to work it's really it's it's safety critical or mission critical that it works. It needs to work first time, and it needs to work for a long time. Mm-hmm. So um, talking about there's a few ways to achieve what we call a true hermetic. Hermeticity is measured in in a leak rate performance. We measure leak rate by the amount of helium that the the connector will let through over a given period of time. And when we talk about a true hermetic, it's the, the level of one times 10 to the minus seven cc of helium per second or better. Now you can get sealed connectors that don't perform to that level and that's suitable for obviously lots and lots of applications. One thing that people are trying to do is achieve that sort of level with, with an epoxy seal. And in, in many ways you can achieve that, but it's, it's a question of how long, you know, through, through what sort of harsh environment, through how much thermal cycling or shock or whatever environmental factors you might have and over what period of time we we have just going back to subsea applications we have some parts that are going onto equipment that are getting dropped to the bottom of the ocean and they're not going to get touched for 30 years mm, yeah you know that that seal has got to has got to perform for that period of time so absolutely safety critical mission critical applications got to work first time got to work for a long time just to back up now, you went to college and studied marketing. What was it about marketing that you enjoyed when you were at a young age, the formidable uh, years? That sounds really sad, doesn't it? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. In terms of what, when you were a kid, why did you really like marketing? Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually did a joint honors degree. So um, I did half of it was marketing and the other half was film production. Oh, So why am I just yeah. hearing about this? Uh, I could use you from time to time. You're you're getting all these secrets out of me. Um, so I, I, I did marketing. I was really interested in marketing because I think I'm naturally a sort of more bigger picture strategic type of thinker. And the thing about marketing is you're stepping back, you're looking at the wider marketplace and, and the trends in the marketplace, the drivers in the marketplace. You're trying to match that and the opportunities there to the capabilities within your business and how you can develop your business to most to to find the sweet spot between what you can do and what the market wants and and optimize in between um and that i got a lot of buzz and juice out of that but i love that i'm quite a creative person as well love the film production when it came to finding a job afterwards i put the sensible hat on and uh i i did once do some work as a film extra yeah and it was it was probably the most miserable week of my life. Well, as an extra, 16... I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever have you ever been on a movie set? No, I have not. Other than a student film, student films uh, in college. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, that was yeah. it. 
yes. Unless you count our, you know, our, our wonderful Amphenol sales meeting films that, that you've it's seen. truly wonderful. I love the production values on those. Incredible. Yeah, but that isn't, uh, that isn't a, a real, well, I guess it's real, but not to the level that you're talking about, I'm sure. So this, so this, this movie that I um, was about Oliver Cromwell, so a classic bit of English history, Oliver Cromwell um, and uh, all, all the issues with, with him and King Charles. And, and uh, uh, I, I, I played a roundhead soldier. So every morning you had to go in, you're in there at like 6 a.m., mm -hmm. getting dressed up as in this old 16th, 17th century oh. guard as a soldier. And it was filmed at Dover Castle, which is a very famous castle in, in, in the UK. Um, but I swear it, I might be exaggerating here, but I swear it was middle of winter. Mm -hmm. The wind was whistling through the castle. And of course, all you do is stand around. They, they spend 90% of the day just setting up yeah. the shot. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, looking back, as, as interesting as that would have been, um, it probably would have been a quite frustrating career, whereas sales and marketing has been, you know, really, really rewarding. As we talked about, though, then you had a, you know, an interesting work career leading up to, to Amphenol. You were in the food industry. What are some of the other jobs, though, you did in sales and marketing uh, before you got to that point? Well, I'm going to, um, this, this is a photo I was going to share in a presentation I did last week, but I, I never got the chance to do it. So, I want to show you this, even though that's going to be completely pointless on this purely audio medium. Yeah. But we'll we'll, we'll allow your excellent communication skills to try and describe this to, Oof. to the listeners. Now you're putting me on the spot. Okay. Can you see that? Hold on. Oh, yes. The hotel and leisure. So yeah, this is, is this you? <laughs> this is me before kids come along and, and ruin everything. So, um, Wow, uh, yeah, look at this. Okay, so uh, let me try to describe this then. So Ross is showing me a picture. This is a a much, uh, please take it in the spirit with which it's intended, a much younger Ross Young than I've known for a few years uh, in a suit and tie standing in front of a display board with with photos of it looks like industrial floor cleaning equipment attached to the board, and it says hotel and leisure on the board. And he is very casually <laughs> leaning over a chair or, or no, actually a piece of equipment and yes. posing in front of this, like a model showing off hotel and I, leisure cleaning equipment. Is that, that's pretty accurate, right? That is brilliantly accurate. I was wondering how you were going to describe the product then, but you absolutely nailed it. So um, this was my first job out of college. I went off and, and worked for a, a very small company, like a million pound a year company um, who sold industrial cleaning machines. So yeah, these big floor cleaners, steam cleaners that you go into factories or schools or hospitals or, or retail outlets and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, the brilliant, this this job set me up brilliantly because they, they brought me in to do their marketing. The marketing communications, they wanted a website set up and sure. they did a lot of advertising and, all, and trade shows like this. But being a small company, you end up getting pulled into everything. You have to get involved in everything. So this is how I got into sales. They'd say, oh, we, you know, the way you sold these machines was you went out and demonstrated them. So you'd go, you'd rock up at the school that was interested. You'd mm -hmm. find the dirtiest corridor you could find. <laughs> and then you'd go and leave a nice clean street down the middle of it and say, that's the end of the demonstration. And when they said, well, I need the rest of, you can't just leave it like that. And you say, well, you have to buy one, won't you? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, 
I would be, I'd be in the office, this fresh out of college, didn't, you know, didn't know anything. And they'd say, oh, we, this demonstration needs to be done in London. Can you up and do it? Because, you know, Kevin's not around today. And I'd find myself out there. I didn't know anything about selling, but you suddenly have to learn very quick. You can see, uh, I think it was very generous of you to describe that as suit and tie. Um, it looks more like a tent. You could see that I wasn't very good at selling initially because there was clearly no commission being earned to buy myself a decent suit. But that, that's that's how I got into the selling side of things. And I think it's always stood me in good stead to have a bit of this sort of marketing mindset and and sales uh, sort of toolkit skill set as well. What did you learn out of that that you think you've applied later on then? Correct me if I'm wrong, and, and maybe it's just my interpretation of how this all went down, but it was almost like, just go and figure it out. Here's a couple yeah. things. Just go and figure it out, and it's sink or swim. We're going to throw you in the deep end of the pool. You don't even know how to swim yet, but by God, you're going to figure it out. So what? What? Uh, the first few demonstrations I did, that's exactly how it was. And the first few demonstrations I did, I do the demonstration. The great thing about these machines was they worked brilliantly. Mm. Um, that helps. So you'd all, yeah, that was always a help. <laughs> Selling something good always helps. So you'd all, the demonstration would always go really well. And I'd walk out afterwards and I'd be in the car driving back to the office and the boss would phone me up and he'd say, how did it go? And I said, yeah, brilliant. They're definitely going to order. And they would never order. Sure. They never ordered. Um, so what I had to learn was, um, and it was because I still had my marketing hat on. So I'm thinking features and benefits. I'm right. thinking, this is what we do. This is, this is what makes this product good. And I'm going out and talking about that. You haven't um, learned how to close the deal yet. Selling, I read somewhere that selling is about getting people to say yes. Right. So, so, so marketing is about you understand the marketplace, you understand the customers, and you, and you optimize the offer accordingly. What, what good salespeople do is they get in front of the customer, they build a great relationship, they ask the right questions, they understand what problems that customer is having. And then if they've got the right solution, something that they know will help that customer, they encourage that customer to say, yes, I want to open up my wallet and I want to buy that from you. Right. And it took a few goes, but I learned that if I'm out there demonstrating something, I'm there to try and get the customer to say yes. That's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. And I can see how that, that transition from marketing to sales, it's just this subtle shift, a subtle switch, but you have to go, okay, I'm done talking to you about this now. How do I get you to, to to buy off on this, basically. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, one of the great things in Ampanel world, and, and particularly AMAO, when, when we go and do those January sales meetings, mm -hmm. and you've got all these different people from around the business there, and you have all these product managers and, and, and marketing people, and then you've got all the sales people. And what, uh, what brilliant people on, on both sides, but you see the different skill sets on each side. You see the product managers and the marketing people who own, own those product ranges. They understand the marketplace and the opportunities and the commercials of what they're trying to do with, with those products. And then you've got the salespeople who have got these brilliant relationships with their customers and a brilliant yeah. understanding of their customers and a great knowledge of the breadth of the app now offering to say that customer, that product, they go together and they go and make it happen. And they create that marriage or bond, if you will, between the experts in the marketing side with the customer. So then they just kind of foster that relationship. And they're the ones that say, when are you going to buy this product? 
Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. You have to do both. You and Essence <laughs> have to do both for Martech, right? So I you have you. to continue to make that switch like you did back in the uh, hotel and leisure yeah. days. Well, and I'd say the key there is you've got to build a good team. Um, sure. You, you've got to get the right roles with the right characters in. And if you do that, um, the, great thing, the great thing at MarTech is we've built a really strong sales and marketing team. Um, but we're also able to rely on a very, very good and a very open and accessible engineering team. Mm -hmm. So as literate as, as we as salespeople have got ourselves in Hermetics, there always comes a point in the conversation where it's like, we need to hand you over to our engineers now. Right. And um, our engineering team are brilliant in terms of getting on a conference call, getting on a video call uh, for the current crisis, uh, going out face to face with the customer and just getting that engineer to engineer engagement. And that 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 makes it easier for us at MarTech to be a well-rounded sales and marketing operation. And and to be fair too, because I'm sure there are some people listening to this probably screaming at you and I, there is plenty of quote unquote marketing involved with sales and vice versa. There is a tremendous amount of sales involved in marketing. So these aren't completely, you know, separate pieces of the puzzle that go together all of it kind of blends together it's just you might focus on one more of one area than the other but i, I say that because i feel like i have to but you know what i'm talking about it's a, it's a totally symbiotic relationship right right um you know it, it's like mind and body you know the, the the you might think they're separate but they can't they can't survive without each other um as a as a as a marketing person you can't really understand that that market without the salesperson's insight from from being out there and in front of people and similarly uh, as a salesperson you rely totally on marketing and and product information and and, and wider market trends uh, and yeah there, there are so many people who are encompassing both of those things in their everyday work absolutely so we'll come full circle back to martech here now MarTech has been part of Amphenol for a while. You had your own separate facility in Whitstable uh, in, in the UK, and now you have blended into the larger Amphenol Limited uh, facility that's basically in the same town, what, a, a couple of kilometers away, I think they were. See, I went yes. with kilometers there. I didn't go with miles. I don't know if you <laughs> that noticed that. <laughs> when I said Celsius earlier, I was desperately thinking, what's 200 Celsius in Fahrenheit? But I just couldn't get there. Hey, I, just, I just want to point out that I did say, I did make sure to, to uh, you know, convert over for you so you understood what I was talking about. Although I know you know this stuff. You know, MarTech has now migrated into uh, becoming more of a, maybe you can help me describe it, more of a partner, more of a... Oh, maybe to use the term you used earlier, symbiotic relationship with yeah. with Amphenol Limited and then the broader Amphenol uh, group in military and aerospace and beyond. So just if you could just kind of wrap up and say where MarTech is now uh, versus where you, they were a few years ago when you joined and just what you see as, as the future of, of this business. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I guess the, um, the thinking behind the acquisition of MarTech a few years ago was, I think Amphenol saw the opportunity in Hermetics and had some Hermetic capability already in the group in, mm -hmm. in AAO and AII and, and fantastic capability that's really, really accelerated and developed in the last few years into a very exciting offering across these three Hermetic businesses now. Um, but the thinking with MarTech would have been, here's this company that 
because it's focused on custom designs over the last 30 years, it's got this real cutting edge hermetic design capability and hermetic manufacturing capability. What it maybe doesn't have is the market reach, the customer base, the sales coverage, right. which is, of course, is exactly what Amphenol has. So you put those two things together, the design and manufacturing capability with the customer base and the sales reach, some, you know, potentially some pretty exciting things can happen. And that is exactly what's happened over the, over the last four years. Um, we have, we have grown very, very fast. We've got into customers that we never would have got into as a, as an independent company before. Um, and that's been a, that's been a great start to life in Apple, but we're very clear that the potential goes way beyond where we are right now. And, um, it's going to come from having great products, which we've got, it's going to come from great service, which we've got. The thing we need to do is really com communicate it more, talk about it more, make sure that um, all all the salespeople know that this is something that um, is a great opportunity and uh, everything they could possibly want in the resource, in terms of the resource to push it, is available. So you're pretty excited about the future, I guess, for Martech and for you know just the the amount of possibilities that have been opened up for you. Yeah, definitely. The um, if you look at our uh, the list of customers that we've got into over the last few years, and then look at all the customers we haven't yet got into. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's going to be some great conversations coming up, and and it's brilliant to map out, you know, all the different people and different business units in AMEO who are already strong in those customers, and and go to them and say, listen, we need to go and have this conversation with this customer, and 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 then some really cool things start happening. No, that's great, Ross, and, and I can see why you, you're kind of exuding some real enthusiasm here. You know, after getting settled into a radically new environment as far as, you know, what you're trying to market and what you're trying to sell, and now seeing the enthusiasm in you as compared to the hotel and leisure days here. <laughs> Ross, again, thank you very much for doing this today. It's also very heartening to see that MarTech is really getting comfortable within the Amphenol team and will only continue to be more comfortable and offer that very special custom solution where these things have to be right. And when you want something that you know is going to work, that MarTech Limited will be there to help you design all the way through the process. Thank you. And, and, and I really appreciate you, you giving us the time to, to talk about MarTech. And also, this what you're doing with this podcast, I just need to say, is really, really valuable stuff. We, particularly in these tough times where everyone is really having to fight to, to keep the orders coming in and keep, keep things going, it's great to be able to share this with our teams, for people to hear the stories from around Amphenol. It really keeps you know morale up and, and, and people excited by what they hear. So thank you very much for the work you're doing. Thank you. My pleasure. And we'll talk soon. Thank you.